Hey everybody, welcome to the pilot episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton LaPlatte. With me as always is Jalen Roberts. What's up? And Chris Montalbano. What's going on? We have a jam-packed show for you guys this week. We'll be talking about Overwatch, Pokemon Sun and Moon, the differences between the old and new 3DS, PSX, the Game Awards, and we'll talk about our picks for Game of the Year and Album of the Year. Professional. <laughs> right? Told you guys I was going to do this. All right. <laughs> All, All right. right. Let's get started. Let's get started. So, Overwatch. Big update comes out tomorrow. New Symmetra's going to drop. Yeah. And a new map. New... Wait, I'm not sure if Oasis will be in that patch. Um... In the patch, the data miners found in the PTR files, they found new versions of existing maps. So the same way they took Hollywood and Halloween. Well, yeah, they're doing it at King's Row. King's Row is going to be covered in snow. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be like Christmas-stylized maps. The seasonal map, I should call it. I don't think Oasis will be out. Oasis should be out in January. It's out on the PTR now, but but I'm pretty sure... um, they wouldn't want it to get lost in the mix of like the new Symmetra and all the Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And they usually they don't add. Wanna... Eichenwald was after Summer Games, and so yeah. I'm just... thinking. And we got we just got Echo Point, Echo Point, Antarctica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been saving up. I've just been grinding, getting loot boxes. Yeah. I up am. I can buy right now at this point one legendary skin. Well, legendary been... or epic? Oh well, my bad. Epic. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can afford no, one epic. We can't skin. afford a holiday, a seasonal epic. Because last. I mean. Because Halloween, the seasonal epics were 3K. There were only some that were 3K. I know. No, no, no. Uh, the seasonal epics, like, I'm yeah. talking about Pumpkin, Reaper, Witch Mercy. Mercy wasn't 3,000. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't was. know. Three, she was not 3K. I remember um, Reapers being and uh, Junkrats being, but I do not remember Mercy's because I wanted to buy that one. Okay. Okay, so we all have at least 1K credits stored up, and we're going to wait until tomorrow after the patch drops to do our arcade games, our nine wins, to get those three holiday loot boxes. Right. Um, all right, so I've been playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. I got a new 3DS just for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, let it run better. I played it a couple times on my regular 3DS XL, and then I got the Black Black Friday new 3ds um the it's it's the first time the black one's been available in north america and i got the groudon and kyogre faceplates from omega ruby and alpha sapphire i gotta say this pokemon game is probably i've played every main series pokemon game except for black 2 and white 2 because i didn't like black and white and i was not about to play the sequels (laughs) <laughs> to games I didn't like. Yeah. Right. But, and X and Y were good. And Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, like, the, I was well, guaranteed to love those. It's yeah, just right. a remake Gen, just Gen of 3. my favorite game. Right. But X and Y, to me, felt like it was trying to be a love letter, but they kind of half-assed it. Like, they tried to make it a love letter to the previous generations on 3DS, but I feel like... But then also I felt like it was... Babies first Pokemon, like yeah, yeah. That's I felt a, like, like it was like I felt like it was meant to appeal to like our generation's kids, like all the ones who were like kid having age that played Pokemon back in the day, right? And so Sun and Moon really is the love letter. Like it is a region to me. The Alola region is like the best region we've seen probably since Hoenn. Um, yeah. Okay. 
one of the islands, um, every almost everybody who lives there is from Johto, so like the buildings are like modeled after buildings. Word. Which, yeah. No way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Buildings are, you're from Kanto in the game. Like in the game, you're from the Kanto region, and your family moved to the Alola region. So. So yeah. this is for us. Yeah. Red okay. and blue are. End game. I mean, yeah, they are the like yeah, final then, like, people. The elite, you but then Lance is also so. really? end game. No, Lance yeah, is end game too. End game. And then like yeah, like, right. What is it? The champions or just like I think I don't know what the deal is with the elite four yet. So this game, I have the guidebook, but I'm not going it like I mean, even. I'll get to yeah, where I'm at. For and, right, I'm not ruining it for myself. Like. I got caught off guard. Like, I didn't know I was going to fight an Ultra Beast when I fought my first Ultra Beast. I was like, whoa. I, I was not ready for it. But good thing it was in... You couldn't catch it, so I didn't have to worry about trying to catch it. Right. Not being ready. Um, Nefty, get in the bag. Get in the bag. Nevy. Nevy. <laughs> Nevy, like, literally is never in that bag. And, like, <laughs> that's, like, one of the first things that, like, it's seriously important that Nevy stays in the bag. And, like, I... Nebby will just not be in the bag. Like, Team Skull kidnapped her. And instead of her trying to get Nebby to hide in the bag, Nebby just stood there and, like, <laughs> floated. And they kidnapped her and Nebby. And it wouldn't have happened if it were just in the bag. <laughs> There's so many things that happen with her if the if they, if they she could keep the Cosmog in her bag. But she can't. And that's just her entire storyline is... I didn't keep it in the bag, so something bad happened because I'm not supposed to have this Pokemon. <laughs> All right. So, okay, playing Sun and Moon, you played it a few times on your old 3DS. Now you're playing it on the new 3DS. Is it so much better to where it's worth buying, like, even if you have a 3DS, someone who has a 3DS, is it worth buying a new one just to play these new games that are coming out now? Well, it depends on what you're trying to play. If you're trying to play anything older than, like, the games that came out around the time that the new 3DS came out, like Majora's Mask 3D, Smash Brothers, or anything newer than that, like Hyrule Warriors Legends, and, like... Xenoblade Chronicles. Well, you can't play Xenoblade Chronicles on the old one. Like, that's one of the few exclusive games to the new 3DS. Right, okay. Yeah, that and Super Nintendo games. This has Super Nintendo emulation, which the regular 3DS doesn't. Really? Which, right, which is really? part of the reason why I was like... Okay. So, yeah. so extraordinarily the new 3DS, worth it. If you care about Super Nintendo emulation, yeah. having a second stick without having to have that huge circle pad add-on, right. which is super useful in games like Smash, and the processor is noticeably faster. I would have to restart my 3DS going in and out of Pokemon Sun. Like, you'd go into the game, it'd go black, and then it would like start the game. And then you'd come out of the game, and like when you hit the home button... I have mine themes where they cycle. It'd show you one theme, you hit close, it'd go black, another theme would come up, and you'd be on the home screen. And it would do that for really, like, intense games. Like, games that shouldn't really run on the 3DS, like Smash Bros. and yeah, some yeah, Pokemon yeah. Sun. Like, newer games, it would do that for almost all of them. This has enough power that it doesn't do that. And that's just super useful... Um, I think if you've had a 3DS for long enough and you can get one for, I got this for a hundred dollars. So for me, that was a no brainer. Like my right. 3DS was like giving me trouble and it wouldn't have been that much to upgrade. And there were legitimate reasons like games that I legitimately wanted to play that I would, ha that I'm go having a better experience 
and I knew I was going to have a better experience playing them on the new 3DS. So, and I mean, head tracking 3D is super great in Smash Bros. The new Pokemon games don't have 3D at all. Really? Yeah. I've had my 3D slider... I don't turn my 3D slider off anymore because with head tracking 3D, like, it's just better. No, nice. okay. That's okay. a... So, but I never turn my 3D slider off and there's absolutely no 3D in the new Pokemon games. And that's kind of a good thing because the frame rate... The frame rate would chug on my 3DS XL in any time because this is the first gen where the trainers are behind the Pokemon at all times. Mm-hmm. So that means instead of it being just two 3D models that they have to render at all times, it's four. Mm-hmm. And then when it's a two-on-two battle... It can get really chuggy, and then they have these things that are called Battle Royales, where it's four different trainers, four different Pokemon, and they're all fighting, and that chugs even on the new 3DS. Dang. Whoa. Yeah, so this game, and the rumors about Pokemon Stars being a thing, the third one in the generation, shows that this game was not made for 3DS. It was made for Switch, and we just got lucky. We got a head start by playing the 3DS version. And which is actually great because once Pokemon next month when Pokemon Bank comes out, I'm transferring all my Pokemon from X and Omega Ruby into Sun and Moon, and I'm going to legitimately get a team together because I I just got a Lolan Marowak, a Lolan Muck, I got Umbreon, I got Alakazam and Gengar, I got a whole basically a whole new team of Pokemon in, just in the past couple days, and I've I'm actually working on completing the Pokedex. Like I've, I'm fifty percent on the first island. I've just been working on that. All right, word. So so definitely a must buy if you're trying to play a, like hard hitting games to like challenge your console. Definitely next up for go to the next 3D. Well, that's the thing. I'm playing Tekken. I'm playing a lot of Tekken now. What Tekken are you playing? Oh, yeah. Six. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Because <laughs> our character, you, were you there when Julia was there? I think I met Julia, like, later like, on. Like, sweet, innocent, like, innocent girl Julia called his ass out and said, I will whoop your ass at Tekken. <laughs> and I was like, yo. <laughs> it got so real so fast. Yeah, it's just been a lot of shit talking. So I've been playing a lot of Tekken 6. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on PS4 or 3? You've Three. been playing Tekken on PS3. Okay. It's not on PS4. The only one that's on PS4 is Tag Tournament. Right. And 7's coming out. Well, 7's not... If 7 was out, I would Sub- have it already. Sounds I want to play cool. Akuma. And more King. It's a D-Mech. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I like this. All right. All right. Okay, so PSX happened last week. Yeah. Uh, they opened with a new Uncharted game, which is really just... I thought a, that was a story which, DLC. Yeah, just All DLC. All their story DLCs are standalone now. So okay. instead of it being like... or This is their second story DLC. Left Behind was standalone for The Last of Us, and this is standalone. It really okay. is... Yeah, yeah. On Uncharted gotcha. 4, it's engine, but... Gotcha. Yeah. So, that seems interesting. My thing is, Left Behind was two hours. Before we played it, we saw like eight minutes. That two hours was impactful. Um, No, not even eight minutes. Probably two minutes. We saw like a good 15 minutes of the Uncharted DLC. And I'm pretty sure they showed us like the 
the they showed us the first big reveal of the DLC and like the opening. So in my opinion, they showed too much of that. And, but I guess I can kind of see why they did. Yeah. To kind of fill out because the Last of Us showed technically nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just an announcement. Trailer. Right. And Good so, announcement trailer. Right. But I feel like Sony decided that this was going to be their year of dreams get hype brought, moment brought to you by Gatorade. Like nonstop <laughs> this entire. Yeah. They announced like Sparrow Racing League and Icebreaker were coming back to Destiny. They announced Parappa the Rapper, Patapon, Loco Roco, and the three Wipeout, the main three Wipeout games are all coming to PS4. They're, they showed more of Crash Bandicoot and showed how they're rebuilding all three Crash Bandicoots. But they're not rebuilding the games, they're remastering the games, but instead of it being just like, oh, we're sharpening up these existing textures, they're just like, okay, this is how the game is built, this is like how all of these things are timed, we're just gonna like do all new textures on everything. And right. then out of left yeah, field, no. all of a sudden we get Marvelous Capcom Infinite. Out of left field. No, I mean, we No, we No, that's not true. We knew Marvelous Capcom. Yeah, but not for or next year. Hoped. Not for next year. We yeah. hoped not for it coming Marvel out Car- next year. Yeah, and releasing Marvel Kart versus Capcom 3 along with it that, that you can day. play right now. Right. I was like, you guys are doing it right. Yeah, PlayStation's always been really good about having a couple things at their PSX. They're like, and they're available right now. And they all... The I mean, they things, did that with the, the last, this year with uh, E3, too. They were like, all right, you can go home and play Resident Evil 7 demo. Right. And the Lego demo. Right. They, and Resident Evil got an update mid thing that actually had, adds PSVR support. Yeah. No, I played the I played the update. The update is awesome. It's got me so ready for this uh, Resident Evil 7 that I, I, I'm so ready for January. I hope... I can get PlayStation VR by the end of the year just so you can play that in PlayStation VR. I like if I want to. That game's legitimately scary. I'm not going <laughs> to play it. I'm going to. I'm going to put like, myself through that. Resident Evil 7 was like, oh, so 5 and 6 just wasn't scary? That was an action game? Well, all right. <laughs> Suck it. Be careful what you wish for. Right. What I've seen of that game seems pretty uh, scary. Yeah. And that's, I'm not down for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm man enough uh, to admit that I'm not... <laughs> Gonna I kind of am, but I'm not sure how right. I'm I will get. play that game. VR? I got scared regularly. of the T Rex in Best Buy <laughs> when I did VR. I don't know how I'm gonna like. That was just a how show. I'm gonna deal scale. with no. Yeah, I can't. Like, how I am can't. I gonna deal with crazy knife wielding lady? Yeah, just like an uncle. Welcome to the family, son. And then you get punched, and I'm just like, no. Is there one part where you get like stabbed in the face? Yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, dude. If you mess <laughs> up. Yeah, no, that was a trailer that they released where um he pretty much like you as the dude just didn't want to eat just like rotting organs on the table and he just stabs you in the throat. And that was cool. Yeah, just I just letting you know just letting you know how this family's gonna treat you when you're actually playing this game. Right. Yeah, but the thing is this totally feels like the original Texas Chainsaw or House of a Thousand Corpses. Feels like that, except subtle. Well, the good yes. thing about it is everything's contained on cassette tapes in the game. So, like, that's how you do, like, different chapters is by, like, watching different cassettes. Yeah, well, yeah. And so my thing with that is Resident Evil 7 is going to be cool because you can play it front to back in VR 
or you can play certain parts in VR and certain parts not in VR. And you can there that once somebody beats that game, the chapter select on that will be a great way to showcase VR to people. Right. Because you can be like and completely horrify them. Right. Just I showed hey, my parents that game is VR the other day for the first time. I let them try Google Cardboard. That was interesting. My dad was trying to point to things and explain them to me because I like use Google Maps Street View. And uh-huh. so they were in Trinidad, and he was like pointing to things, talking. He's like, "Oh, this is." I'm like, "Dude, I can't see." <laughs> <laughs> I know it looks like you're there, but you're not there. <laughs> Future right. immersion in VR. I I'm mad. I still haven't let you guys try the uh, cardboard headset because now I've gotten like more things. Does it work really well? Because I've seen them at Best Buy sold for pretty like pretty cheap. So yeah, I got mine for like fifteen bucks, and I mean it's not like placed it. If you get what you pay for, obviously. So, so like your phone and people oh. think the cardboard like. Cardboard is actually one of the most practical things because all the more expensive ones, all it is is just like more high quality materials to build it when it doesn't, all that matters is the lenses, which are going to be the same across the board and the screen, which like you can put your phone in the $15 one or the $100 one and it's basically going to be the same thing. You're just paying for the fact that the $100 one is shinier. Right. So it's just like, hey, look what I got compared to, hey, look, I bought some cardboard. Right. But so phone VR, I mean, it has decent head tracking. Of course, it doesn't have positional tracking. And then there's no way to really like interact. So you have no controllers. PlayStation VR is like the games. You get somewhat of a screen door effect on the mobile VR because you can see the spaces between the pixels just because ours it's a 1080p screen like smushed against your face like if we had 4k displays on our phone you wouldn't be able to see that as much and so playstation vr it looks like you're playing ps4 games it looks like you're in a ps4 game because the game is running on a ps4 rush of blood actually looks like it could be kind of fun it's a carnival just shooter carnival rail shooter yeah i'm not gonna I want to play Thumper, Res Infinite, um, Keep Talking Nobody Explodes. Yeah, that's fun. Um, Is that coming to console? Yeah, it's yeah. on PlayStation VR right now. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. 15 bucks. As soon as I get a VR, it's going down. Okay, cool. <laughs> because that game was fun. Yeah, the person who has the bomb, instead of it being on a computer, like they're in the room with the bomb. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's so. It was so stressful before. And then... If you guys get VR, there's sports bar VR. Oh. Which is where you go into a bar and you have like pool and air hockey and all these things. And you can be in there with your friends. Like I think it's up to four people. And you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You can smash bottles on each other. Like, yeah, dude. Like, your headset is in the world. So wherever you are, wherever you're standing, your headset, like every, the, you won't see another person, but you'll see where the headset is. So like your headset will be higher than us because you're taller than us. Right. And it'll be like, we're all in the same space. And oh, then, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> all right. So VR is shaping up. Yeah. We have Thumper, which is a rhythm. Thump- horror yeah. Game. I know. I know Thumper. And then yeah. we have Res Infinite, which is Res with what a uh, Sega Saturn game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we got Battlezone too. 
which is an old vector graphic tank game. I'm not paying $60 for that game. All these other games are like $15, and they seem like way better, and like I'll have a way better time. I can get Sports Bar VR, um, Thumper, and Res for less than Battlezone, and I don't yeah. think Battlezone is worth it. Probably won't be because uh, Riggs... Riggs gets people motion sick, and I'm not about to put my... Like, until I get my VR legs, I'm not going to do anything i'm not going to do the tomb raider thing i'm not going to do any eagle flight any of these games that like are just getting people motion sick because they haven't played enough vr i'm starting off with the games that they're like oh yeah thumper doesn't really matter because you're not really moving in the game you're watching something move res like third person games i'm going to start off third person and work my way into first person all because right. first-person VR games, especially... In what about the flight sims? Have those been giving people motion sick? I feel like that's, like, the perfect game for, Drive like... Drive Club has been, um... What about Eve Valkyrie? I think Eve... Just because Eve has been tested on literally everything, <laughs> Eve has been straight... The guy who gave me my PlayStation VR demo said he hadn't tried Eve because it's said to give people motion sickness, but my, um... I did Eve, and I was fine. Only thing was, I was scared to go too fast because they had flight controls on, and I was like, oh, this is really disorienting. The minute I'm like, I'm pushing the stick forward to try and go up, and I'm going down, like, the minute, I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I felt like I was actually in the ship, and I'm like, I'm probably going to crash into something if I do this. All right. <laughs> But yeah, as far as immersion goes, like, phone, like, the more you spend is the more immersed you get. So, like, if you have the money for a computer that can run the Vive and a Vive, you're going to get, I want, they have this thing called Tilt Brush Studio. Oh, yeah, that was fun. you can paint in three-dimensional space. Yeah, that's part of the uh, Windows Store demo. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I've done that. That's fun. People who yeah. have it in their house, apparently they'll like this one lady drew a forest in her house. She just went in and like was drawing trees and just kept drawing trees and like made the trees like super detailed and just like kept going in and just like was just that one thing and made an entire forest in her house that's completely like 3D. You walk around in it and that's, it's just like that's amazing. Yeah, VR to me is exciting not because of its possibility with games, but because of its possibilities with how we use different softwares. So like having Google Map, Google Earth VR on Vive is apparently like emotional. Like people have emotional experiences playing it. Yeah. They say they go back, he's like, oh, I went to my old house and my roommate's car was there who died several years ago. And he's like, and that was just a crazy because everything is human size like even with my 55 inch tv a zombie coming at me is like a foot tall there's never really that connection between you and a tv that you really feel like you're there right these games if a zombie's coming at you and the zombie's six feet tall you you notice yeah and people are actually reporting like ptsd kind of nonsense from these games from like some of the scarier games Right. Like where you have the zombies running at you, people are literally yeah, being no, insulted. I don't know if I can play Resident Evil 7. <laughs> Front to back. In <laughs> VR. Right. Just a man I, crashing through say, the house when, like, wall, just like, nope, I'm no, Because especially if you get punched in the face like you do in the demo, like, the moment that happens, is over. I'm done. I'm done. Just, nah. 
Right. I don't think I... Like, for me, I want to play arcade things. I want to play fun things. Yeah, yeah. How do we get on a VR tangent? Well, it just happens. Because... We were talking like, about releasing well, also, the PSX. Because also, this is like... This is the future thing we've all been wanting. This is like the future thing you see out of every game of Shadowrun. Or like in any 80s, like... This is basically some Blade Runner nonsense we have going on right, right. now. And no matter how... No matter how we... It doesn't matter that the fact that VR is still new, it's still a little wobbly, we're still getting used to it. This is all the futuristic nonsense we have wanted for True. a long time. Minus which things like actual like flying cars and lightsabers. Motion controllers, which oh. pretty much failed. Huh? No? Play, no. Uh, play Motion controls make sense now that VR is a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm they talking failed, about like years ago. They failed years ago, but now PlayStation Move is like actually useful well you kind of need it well no you don't mm. really need it because no, you could still use a regular controller yeah dualshock 4s have playstation move that's why they have the light bar because they have playstation move built in oh that's cool so like as far as like games like Battlezone, your controller is rendered in the game like in your hand and mm -hmm. it's tracked so it's like if you move your controller in the real world you see your controller moving in the game and so that, but like for things where you have hands yeah you need playstation move but the only game with hands that i want to play is job simulator i don't want to yeah. play batman <laughs> yeah job simulator is nuts you basically are working a job yeah but you could go as fully off the rails as you want yeah so like you could there's a photocopier in the game and if you put a donut on the photocopier it, the, it just starts shooting out donuts yeah, because <laughs> the whole plot of the game is you're in a future where it's like robots have basically atomized everything. So everything's autonomous. You humans don't have to do anything. So they basically get in a simulator to find out what it was like to actually have a job. <laughs> right. That's cool. So, um, yeah. So before PSX, we had the Game Awards. Yeah. Or as I call it, Kojima's Family Hour. Right. <laughs> Jeff Keighley and Kojima's romance came to a full, like, proposal-level heat. Okay, so speaking of Kojima... The two new Death Stranding trailers. Yeah. Those are running in-engine. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. How do you feel about this game? I mean, this game is... So far, this game is everything this game should be. Like, with the... With after the whole thing with Kojima and Konami... With the whole fact that this is Kojima and Metal Gear Solid 3 is Metal Gear Solid 3. Right. It does look like this a Metal Gear Solid of, yeah, mix. This has with... like all the all the weird like this is all the weird Kojima isms along with like you could see that this actually is gonna have a plot. It might not make any sense at first, but there's gonna be something there. I found out what Kojima ism means. It's just long form for anime bullshit that Kojima like I that found, somehow Kojima made kind of cool well like I mean the guy with the aura that had like the tentacles going out controlling the dudes that's straight up something out of an anime like this trailer showed me how much like Kojima stuff you, like, you, realized, you follow Kojima on Twitter it's nothing but like movies and anime yeah. that's all that man is like in every single trailer that he's that these okay, so these just two trailers, everything living organic is dead, and like you, and so in the second trailer you see this guy smuggling a baby, 
And that's what it looks like. This like doll lets this little floating little baby doll lets that guy know, hey, there's a living organism. You're coming your way. And then he tells them to attack. So like this game looks like it's going to be really interesting, futuristic, where like maybe like some sort of like outside alien or maybe like but then Bioware also, has taken over and now they're trying to kill off all humans. But another thing is this is also like, hey, this is Kojima and his actor friends. Right. Uh, yeah. I, like I, this game looks interesting. Mads Mikkelsen, seeing him in that trailer just made me ready to watch Rogue One. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know him from Coming anything out. else. Four more days. Four right. more days, Rogue One. How long did it take me to see Force Awakens? It took me like took two you weeks a long to see it. Time. Did, did t- it. Really? When did it come out? It took me three days to see it after it. I saw it. <laughs> what? What? I have it on my PS4, Joe. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it again. Producer Joe yeah. hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take me that long because it came out in the middle of December and I saw it on Christmas. Okay, it's so just I was super busy, so I didn't have time to go see it. I you. But when I went to go see it, I went home and pre-ordered the digital version on PlayStation Store. I was like, okay. So the minute I can watch this again, I'm going to watch it again. I mean, the fact that it's coming out literally nine days before Christmas is like, I'm not going to see it anytime soon for the sole fact that I bought a lot of gifts and I'm broke. So it's either give people gifts and be like happy and have some money for myself to live or go see this movie and just be unhappy and stressed. Right. So I feel like they should have like maybe made it after Christmas that they released it. Nah. You feel like they should have that it's in no, the right I place. No, I feel like they're well for what they're doing because it gives just enough time for like any merchandise. That's true. And like anything else, like that's enough yeah, time for loyalty could ask for, it for Christmas. <laughs> well, they were selling episode seven stuff like I know, before. Six yeah. months. <laughs> They've been selling Rogue One stuff forever, but it's I like I haven't seen Rogue Target One. Target has like all of Target about is buried Rogue One right Rogue now. One. <laughs> Walking out of Target, the first all thing you is. see is like literally on the door is Rogue One. Oh, I haven't been to Target since Black Friday. And Black Friday, there wasn't anything super special going on. Not really. But I mean, like, when I say Episode 7, I'd go into Kroger and see stuff. Like, I haven't seen... I saw Episode 7 stuff everywhere. Yeah, but another thing is you have to look at it this way. This is a side story. This isn't like... It's still Star Wars, though. It is. It is. But it's not a mainline entry. As much as I really want to see this. Yeah, it's... I mean, it looks good, but it has nothing to do with the plot. Like, there's no Jedi. This is is a political heist movie. Right. In Star Wars. And Gambino's movie in the next side story. Yeah, he's a young Lando. He's young Lando. (laughs) Yes, Gambino. Doing a lot of things. Right. How do you get into Star Wars like... First, you were Spider-Man. Wait, he when did, he was only animated Spider-Man, right? He, he was, was the only Spider-Man. He, he, he was the only moving version of Miles. The right, only version of Miles that actually got that he's, wasn't on paper. He's the Black Spider-Man. Okay. Go game. I still think Spider-Man: Homecoming would be a hundred times better if he were the Spider-Man. I Spider-Man: Homecoming looks agree. really good. I will not disagree with you in that aspect. What? 
I don't know. Watch that trailer. No, no, no I watched the trailer. I watched watch the, trailer. the international trailer. I watched the international trailer. And just picture Gambino with Spider-Man. I know. <laughs> just less it's just sad. How they're, less sad. It's just how they're handling, how they're handling, handling the movies in terms with the comics. Like they're drawing a lot. Of, a lot of this is from the Ultimate Universe when Marvel decided to go darker and grittier with their stuff. I mean, Gambino can do dark and gritty. Yeah, if you listen to the last three albums. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about more of the whole... All the movies are setting up for Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. That's what the movies are setting up for. Miles Morales was not in Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. Heck, Spider-Man didn't actually participate in Infinity Gauntlet. In the comics, Spider-Man didn't participate in Infinity Gauntlet. That's my entire point. That they're keeping some it's leading up to infinity gauntlet miles wasn't in infinity gauntlet all right so at the game awards <laughs> overwatch, overwatch brought home game of the year that leads us to our game of the year nominations and album of the year nominations so this year in the running for game of the year we had pokemon sun and moon Overwatch, Doom, Ratchet and Clank, and what was your second choice? My second uh Resident Evil 1 remake. Resident Evil that didn't come out this year. Yeah, it did. Didn't it? No. No. Definitely did. No, we got it on PSN this year. Yeah, that game came out. Came on out GameCube. early this year. The game came out on GameCube. The one remake for the PS4? That's just a remaster of the GameCube one. That's when they remade Resident Evil 1. Right, but Rising Clank is just a remaster of no, the one that came out. No, it's not a remaster. It's that's it's actual a actual that's remake. A, basically, they basically remade that game. Remake is like when they did... I'm trying to think what else. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire is a remake. Yeah. The, the new Ratchet & Clank is a remake of the original Ratchet & Clank. Hence the reason why it's filled with references from the other games. Right. And Resident Evil that Resident Evil One the remake the, this is a remaster of the GameCube remake, so technically it's a this, remake as a remaster of a remake. Yeah, which means it in no way, shape, or form came out this year. I mean, you can definitely tell the differences in it between that. And the PS1 version, but that and the GameCube version. I played both of them. There were pretty, there were some differences in it. It shouldn't be. It should just be graphical stuff. It should. It's supposed to be the exact same game. Like file save as PS4 save. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. All right. Um. So my pick. For game of the year is Overwatch because I've played Overwatch stopped me from buying a game every month. I've probably bought four games since Overwatch came out what was that? Seven months ago? Yeah, May. And I bought those games and those games have been No Man's Sky, Song of the Deep, uh, Ratchet and Clank, and World of Final Fantasy. And I haven't played any of them. Almost at all. Because of Overwatch. And to me, Overwatch is one of those special games that 
like Destiny, that I can see myself playing this game five years down the road without them doing too much to it. Like, give me, like, a steady stream of content like they've been doing, and you're going to keep me playing this game for a really long time. And so, for me, Overwatch is probably going to, when we get to the end of the generation, it's going to be on my short list for Game of the Generation. So, that's why I ended up as my pick for Game of the Year. I mean, I have to agree with you. I had Overwatch. I've been playing Blizzard games for a very long time. has the classic Blizzard shine on it. Everything's made up very well. I wanted to pick Doom for a good while, but I've played significantly more Overwatch than I've played Doom. Yeah, I wanted to pick Pokemon Sun because Pokemon Sun, to me, like I was raving about it earlier in the episode, Pokemon Sun, to me, is just going to be a great... It has just been a great experience to play, but because I haven't beaten it and I haven't played anywhere near as much, like Overwatch has stopped me from playing Pokemon at times so just that right there is why overwatch beat out pokemon for me i agree overwatch is one one of the greatest games that i've played this year and i consistently go back and play it and i'm never really having a bad time i don't think there was a point to where i really put this game down except when i was playing destiny but i'm gonna have to give my game of the year to ratchet and clank because playing ratchet and clank and platinum in that game in less than a week i felt just the the sheer joy of playing a game by myself that i haven't felt in a really really long time like overwatch i love playing it with you guys but this game i just enjoyed playing it over and over and over again and i didn't like struggle getting the platinum i had a great time getting the platinum and it was just like the nostalgia feeling of playing it back when it came out in like 2003 and how much fun I had playing it then. And also they changed it up a bit by like changing the story to where it, I felt like it was just playing a new Ratchet and Clank game and they did just such a great job with it. So I'm going to have to give my game of the year to Ratchet and Clank. All right. So, I mean, I can't really argue with any of the picks. Like, if Doom won, if Pokemon won, I can't really argue with any of the games that any of us nominated. Um, just because Overwatch and Doom and Pokemon and Resident Evil 1 and Ratchet and Clank are all just top-tier games. It yeah. has been a great year for gaming. Yeah, but yeah, then also they were like all like significantly different like they all had their own very special sort of magic to them like right. Right. ratchet and clank has a nostalgia of blizzard just went and made overwatch and they the with it's just a fantastic story there's a reason why we don't play any other like first person shooter multiplayer shooting game like we do overwatch and doom which is like hey here's cathartic heavy metal you know bastion was facing with a chainsaw kind of game <laughs> yeah for yeah. our album of the year contemplation, I want you guys to just throw out your quick picks, and then we're gonna each talk about who we decided as decided on as our winner for the year. Because I know it's a lot of overlap, but there are also a couple albums that like each of us like that we didn't maybe get to. Everybody didn't get to like listen in on, and like J Cole's album just came out, and I really like J Cole's album, but I can't, I couldn't. I haven't had enough time with it to put it in game to of the let year. It marinate, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So my short list is Kanye West's Life of Pablo, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book, um, Frank Ocean's Blonde, 
and Mac Miller's The Divine Feminine. Uh, my short list is going to be Thank You for Your Service, Time Call Quest, Tripo Quest. I have Blonde, Frank Ocean, Life of Pablo Kanye, Coloring Book, and Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. Mine are Kanye West, Life of Pablo, Blonde by Frank Ocean, um, Starboy by The Weeknd, and I'm going to have to say California by Blink-182. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to throw a special shout out to uh, Anti by Rihanna. That was a good album. I was feeling that album. Just <laughs> first re- album I heard that I really, really just liked. And a dishonorable shout out to Drake's views. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> views. Uh, way to no. go, Drake. Drake. Drake ruined his career this right, year. Right, yeah. Views was. Mm. 2016 mm. was like, uh, Drake, was a, you can either kill it or, or uh, die. Uh, and he got killed yeah. by the year. I'm glad you said an anti. Yeah, that that's. That was I was fun. really feeling. That was a great album. All right, so for me, my pick for album of the year was Frank Ocean's Blonde. It was really hard to pick between the life of Pablo and Blonde, but the only reason I chose Blonde is because for four solid years we got literally nothing from Frank Ocean. <laughs> Kanye right. had we had like between Jesus and Life of Pablo. We had all kinds of songs from Kanye. All day. We had all day. We had only four or one. five seconds, only one. Then we had yes. things like Piss on Your Grave with Travis Scott. And um, he did like... Featuring with uh, Big Sean. Right. He's just been on everybody's album. Yes, yeah, so you've heard Kanye. Yeah, Kanye didn't go anywhere for the last four years. Yeah, like the first thing we heard of Frank since... I want to say Channel Orange was Frank's trap up, track off of Life of Pablo. Like, yeah, right. and that was a moment in itself. Like, Kanye brought back Frank from the dead. Like, we weren't looking for Kanye at any point. At, because of Kim Kardashian's Snapchat, we've known where Kanye West has been. <laughs> <laughs> all day, every day, all the time. And But Frank Ocean, like, anytime Frank Ocean put out a little bit of anything anywhere, the internet jumped on it like five yeah, um, I was lied to way too many times by the internet of when that album was going to get because released. Because they're just so excited. <laughs> they want it now. But yeah, so I just had to give it to Frank Ocean's Blonde because like that album, it lived up. Like I felt like Frank Ocean wouldn't be able to deliver like this. that album with everything it needed to be. Yeah, that album, I was so mad just like having to wait and like being disappointed and just being like by that point when it got released i was just like i'm gonna be disappointed there's not it's not gonna live up to the hype the moment i listened to that album i was like i was mad at frank ocean for what though (laughs) it was worth the wait it was right yeah for me it's uh thank you for it's thank you for this service thank you for service the trap called quest album it's nice to just hear some like really good old school hip-hop you know and I'm not here to talk about the state of hip hop. It's it's hip hop. It's changing. You got these new people, you got old people, you got all these different sounds, but it's nice to just hear this is some old school hip hop and this is why people love old school hip hop. Yeah. Like Q tip on We the People just That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah that's one of those albums you play and you just start vibing to it. Right. Like you won't even that that's one of those albums that draws you in. Right. Yeah. And then they 
did crazy things like sample Charlie and a Chocolate Factory. Right. How do you like at the end that? of a song, at the like, end of the first track of the album, all yo, of a sudden you're hearing the um the river monologue. Yeah. And yeah. The signs of the slowing. slowing. That insane. But that's what the album was. It was an insane ride on Willy Wonka's riverboat. Right. For my album of the year, I have to give it to Childish Gambino with Awaken My Love. This dude changed everything that he's put out in the past and was just like, I'm going to release a funk album. And did it so well with so much passion that I cannot stop listening to this album even though it just released 10 days ago i like it just this this every single song did you moves go out me. and buy it i yeah i like straight up went out to best buy twice first time wasn't there second time i was like yes give me this right now yeah like, i have j cole's album on my amazon wish list that's the only thing is my car can only play cassettes and i have the ultimate cassette jesus <laughs> yeah at Yeezus cassette is probably one of my most prized possessions. I mean, like, Kanye West did a great job with Life of Pablo. He came back a lot better than Yeezus. Yeah. Uh, Frank mean, Ocean's album was really good. Starboy was only good because I heard some, like, old school Daft Punk on it. So it's just like, okay, cool. So Daft Punk is still alive. So what you're saying is Daft Punk. <laughs> Daft, Daft Punk, Punk featuring put the that on our list. Made you, reminded you of an album. Right, and but yeah, it's just like this. He's just been like changing every single album to me. Childish Gambino has just been changing and progressing and doing something different. And to this point, like hearing this album, I just can't wait to hear what he's going to do next. I saw a live performance of um, one of the songs. I want to say he's touring this. It was album. me and your mama. Yeah, that was his first. Uh, me and your mama was his first single. Yeah, yeah. Seeing he's... a live performance of that song, kind of like because he has a live band, he always performs with an. Yeah, I mean band. that's. Typical. that's cool, no, I'm saying but... that genre of music with an in-house band seeing that live would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to tour with that album, and I, I will buy a ticket as soon as I hear about it. Yeah. All right. And that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. You can find us online at CheesyController.com and follow us each individually on Twitter. At, I'm at Anton6, which is A-N-T-O-N-S-I-X-X-X. At Squid Bishop. Exactly how, you, exactly how it sounds. Big in Beanstalk. All right. And by the time this launches, we should be available on... We should have content on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So find us in all of those various places. Hope um, By the time we launch CheesyController.com, uh, there'll be a portal there for you to get all this cheesy goodness. Until next time, <laughs> we... <laughs> that was cheesy. Right. <laughs> uh, get all your cheesy goodness online, and until next time, we have been in control. <laughs> I like that. <laughs>